0: Well, welcome to the next edition of Business Law Focus. It's great to welcome Dion Masher, Executive in the Employment Practice in ENS Africa to the show today. Dion has uh, recently uh, spoken at the SAS Law Annual Conference, one of the big conferences for labor law, a really interesting event. It's just finished. And his topic was really intriguing. It's about redefining employment for the gig economy. And now this is a big ticket item. It's something that we're all watching closely, but we're concerned about. We are concerned that South Africa and Africa is not necessarily keeping up, not doing enough to facilitate the employment side of this equation as businesses themselves make significant changes and employers you know that are, and employees that are not keeping up are going to be left behind but what needed is the labor law to also make the necessary changes ahead of time so Dion thanks very much for joining us and I just wanted to start SAS law itself I mean a big conference we had all big speakers in the country there um, maybe just give us a sense um, and uh, of what uh, the main themes were at the conference and what really stood out for you and then we'll get into this theme of yours of, of the gig economy Thank you Evan um, yes it's, it's, it's a,
1: an annual event uh, one for for labor lawyers trade unionists and and um, HR and IR people involved in labor law in our country and it's as you said it's it's one of the bigger ones um, for, for, for that uh, constituency and interestingly for me um, it's a it's a two-day conference and we had speakers um, that dealt with a variety of of issues. Um, What stood out for me was having um, two important um, advocates and senior advocates who you have, and and we've all seen at the the commission, the Sondo commission, uh, advocate Mayberg and advocate Kate Hofmeyer. And they gave talks around um, corruption and... um, our labor law and can, can deal with, and how employers should deal with, with corruption, uh, specifically with reference to, to what was coming out at the, at the commission, and I found that interesting because what I took away from that was um, that we all, as citizens of this country, whether we are lawyers or trade unionists or HR people or executives, we need to... We, we need to do the right thing, and um, that's what I took out of
0: Yeah, no, that's critical. Uh, I think that's fabulous that um, everyone can do more. And I think uh, the legal profession itself, um, you know, there's, there's a lot more to do when it comes to this. We've recently seen obviously essay being, being fingered for, you know, anti money laundering and not doing enough. So I think it's, it's a critical theme. And, and if we can all look to do more, I think that's, that's the way forward in professional capacities. You know, you can't just say, well, it's the government's job. So I think that's, that's fabulous. We're seeing a lot of this come out at Zonda, as you mentioned. So I think that's critical. But now just to move on. Uh, Your theme, of course, is the the, the big one, which is how do we accelerate growth? How do we get to this fourth industrial revolution, maximize the outcomes, create jobs? I mean, wouldn't that be a wonderful thing? We've got unemployment at record lows, but... Um, your sense, of course, is that we're a little bit behind the curve in SA at the moment when it comes to um, the legislation, the supportive um, processes that are needed to facilitate growth in this economy. And I just wanted to start, for instance, with a number like Canada is if we don't do anything now, we will be behind the curve because there you've got 10 percent of the workforce already in the gig economy. Uh, this is huge. I mean, this is coming, right? So um, how far behind that curve are we and and what's needed to be done?
1: Yeah, so we are behind the curve in terms of, of numbers uh, when you compare us to Canada. Um, the latest numbers that I can tell you that my research has, has, um, has uncovered is that currently... We've got around thirty thousand workers engaged in in location-based platform work. So, you know, people that are either doing driving-type work, delivery, cleaning, etc., and another hundred thousand uh, people involved in in working online. So, sitting in front of of their computers and and working mm. online. Um So, so that's where we are in terms of numbers, but growing every day. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah.
0: Yeah, that that that's critical. I agree, and and the labour legislation itself. I mean, what do you see there specifically that's needed? I mean, we we've had a lot of labour amendments, but not really that much yet to facilitate this area of the market, right? We haven't had any. So you ah. know, our our labour laws, uh, uh, in my view, they're very good. They yes, they, they, they've got them since nineteen ninety six, so they're very new, and
1: our courts. Again, in my view, have been very good at in, and at purposefully um, interpreting our laws so that we, we attempt to cover uh, most of the issues that we face. Yeah, uh, but we are behind in, in respect of our laws dealing with with the gig economy and and the people involved in the gig, gig economy. And and so we, we need, in my view, one of two things, or maybe both: one, the legislature to start. Changing the legislation so that it caters for people involved in the gig economy, or two and or two rather, um, our judges and our courts continuing to to interpret what we currently have purposefully so that we can cater for those people involved in in the gig economy.
0: And, of course, how you define a worker becomes very important. I know in Australia it's, it's, it's quite clear where they see um, these workers in the, in the gig economy as independent contractors rather than employees. Uh, that's just an example. Um, in South Africa, we we a little bit unclear as well, right?
1: We are, but we will and we have followed a similar route in attempting to classify um People involved in the gig economy. So, so we haven't had in South Africa too many cases that allow for, for proper development in my view of the jurisprudence. Um, but we, we do have in our law a distinction between employees and employees is a defined term in terms of our legislation. And there are protections obviously given to employees, um, in our legislation. We then have independent contractors who are different from employees and do not get employee protections. And the question then is the people involved in the economy are clearly doing work. So I call them workers and where do they fall? So currently they could really either, they, they certainly not employees, my view, they are not independent contractors, they are workers. And so Uh we need to be catering for them.
0: Yeah. That uh, makes sense. Yeah. A, a, a interesting question. Definitely. Um, and needs to be resolved. Now this gig economy, we've got artificial intelligence bots coming in, obviously the cloud, uh, the fourth industrial revolution is, is happening as we speak. Um, but now how do we actually cater for that? Like, uh, and, I, and there I'm specifically looking at a, a robot coming in, taking your job. Um, I would assume that, you know, if, if, it is going to improve that business. You're allowed to do it as an employer, but it's, um, it's a difficult, it's difficult terrain, right? Uh, do you think that more needs to be done to facilitate this process and, and ensure that we have a, a little bit more clarity on, um, you know, how do we protect, uh, the workforce and the labor market in, in this type of environment?
1: Let me, let me answer by, by taking a thread I mentioned earlier that for me stood out at the conference, and that was, this concept of doing the right thing. You are correct. Um, our law recognizes an employer's ability to effectively retrench workers, um, and replace them with machines that our law recognizes. But there's no obligation in law necessarily for an employer, for example, to upskill or mm. to get workers to be able to, to, to deal with um, working with machines. So, in my view, um, again, we should be looking at how that so that we are able to retain as many employees as we can so that we don't have um, the huge unemployment rates we have and we can make a dent into reducing that huge unemployment figure.
0: Yep. That makes sense. And just to get back to your, the point on independent contractors, there was recently a big decision in the UK. Uh, of course, as you said, we don't have that much precedent at all. Uh, certainly don't have the rules. But the, the, the precedent in the UK was specific to Uber drivers. Um, how does that t- translate into SA? Does it give us uh, any guidance?
1: I think it does. Um, so so Uber have had uh, a dispute in South Africa. Um mm. uh, where drivers attempted to to take Uber uh, to task in respect of whether they were employees or not, and and the the employees failed on the basis that they were not employees. Similarly, that happened in in the UK, and specifically with Uber London, and that case went through all of the necessary fora available to employees there, culminating in a decision of the UK Supreme Court in, in February this year, And again, interestingly, the UK legislation caters and distinguishes between employees and workers. And the UK court found that Uber drivers, because of certain facts that were present in terms of the evidence before the court, they were workers and they were entitled to some of the protections that workers are entitled to under that legislation. So I think certainly that will will act as as guidance and precedent in, in the disputes that are most definitely going to follow in our country.
0: Yeah, and then I just wanted to look at, you know, investors. They want to see a country that facilitates this type of growth, you know, that is advanced, is accelerating in the right areas, embracing fourth industrial quite quickly, has workers that are capable, you know, to work in, in that field. And, uh, you know, countries like India, Russia are making amendments uh, in our emerging market uh, space. I mean, is there a risk that we could lose this type of investment flow if we don't get this right?
1: Absolutely. Um, investors want to get the best value for their investment. If we're not competitive when it comes to our labor market, um, I think it's, it's, it's common sense that an investor will go where they are able to get value. So I think we need to catch up, Evan. I think we're too far behind and we need to catch up.
0: Wonderful. Dion, fabulous. Been great chatting to you. It's such an interesting theme, such a theme that uh, is relatable to everyone at the moment because we're all faced with technology, with advancement in technology, with challenges and, and potentially threats, you know, if we don't keep up uh, to our own job security. So, you know, this is a really critical that question that affects everyone out there and thanks for that input um and and really some uh, very clear concise views on on what's needed Dion thanks very much great chatting to you
1: thank you you're welcome